When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Guys, I'm scrolling through just my little iPhone weather app here. Uh-huh. It's very basic. It just tells you the temperature and like some icons. It'd be windy. There's a windy icon. And, uh, and it just says screw you. Yeah, it's, it's just a middle <laughs> finger. It's just, it's just a middle finger <laughs> for the next two days. We're going to have a 53 degree swing. Actually, I take that back because I'm looking at the high for Wednesday. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Welcome back, Rami. Thank by you. The way. Yeah. Appreciate Good it. Good to have you back. Yeah. Got Love my him. name removed from the terror list and got an apartment. Here we are. <laughs> and you moved, which is yes, the most sir. important yep. thing. Forget the terror list. Yep. There's going to be a 70 degree swing between the coldest right. it's going to be on Wednesday and the warmest it's going to be on Saturday. How does that make you guys feel? 70 degree well, swing this week. Okay. Let's, talk, sign up let's talk weather on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami all right. show. First of all, I would like to demystify a little bit of this. They fully admitted, and this is no longer brought up, that wind chills from when I was a kid, the factor has been changed. So we over-exaggerated? Exactly. So, in so my, the ice bowl so, was a fraud. So in like 19, <laughs> when I was seven, and I'm not BSing you guys, when I was like six or seven, mm-hmm. I swear to God, there was a day when they came out and said, it is 90 below with the wind chill. <laughs> It's 90 below, Un- right? right? Unbelievable, 90 below. You're not going to live through this, but I guess you will because you did. At some point in time, they changed it. So wind chills now are gauged probably more accurately. But old people think that it was just colder back in the day. Oh, they do. Yeah. This is that's, nothing. That's, what I, that's the road I thought we were about to go down. No. Like Judd telling us about how he walked to school no. with no shoes, bo- I, uphill both ways. Saying, I, under, I understand. I'm not encouraging people to go stand outside. But we refigure and like get so enamored with oh, you. You're probably gonna die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's what's gonna happen. You're gonna die. It's like no, you people read the wind chills. So like when you give me something from 1965, it's not applicable to now because they changed the whole thing. Well, I don't want to crap on local news and weathermen here on on Mackie and Judd with Rami, but th- they have a very clear strategy with, with weather and with news, and that is to scare the crap out of you. <laughs> Keep you in the house and keep you tuned in to their channel for the latest on the weather. And people fall for it every time. It's never, I mean, is it going to be cold? Hell yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be real cold. I want your take on this around 2 in the morning on Wednesday just okay. to see. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's it's going to be really, really cold. But it's, I mean, okay, so don't go for an hour-long walk. Like, right. you're not, most of us aren't doing anything in the cold that would kill us. Even even as extreme as this cold is, you walk from your car to the building, from the building to the car. That that's your that's the extent of your exposure to the cold. If it's not more than that, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be okay. Don't worry about it. Put on an extra coat. It would have been hilarious or traumatic though. So last year the Super Bowl was in town. This week, yeah, this week was yeah. all the festivities and all the outdoor things. The 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 uh, Nicolet Avenue. We were there. Whatever. Yeah, it was it was it was actually super fun. We yeah. did Radio Row. It's the first time we did our show, Radio Row. I've never done Radio Row. It's a lot of fun. Seems like fun. It's a it's a lot. Period, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's like Terry Bradshaw wants to sell the, like men's growth hormone pills Every, or something. Everybody's <laughs> got something to sell. Yes. 
Um, and so it was it, it, the first couple days early in the week. It was unseasonably warm. I think it was even highs around forty degrees, and it was Correct. great. And then it got to be around five degrees, or it got below zero wind chill on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday leading up. Thinking, can you imagine if the Super Bowl was here this week, this year? And it was minus 30 temperatures, and all these people from L.A. Sort of and been fun. warm climates are showing up from Texas, Roger Goodell, whatever it may be. It would have been fun. It would have been. If you thought last year was a shock to the system, and the, like, the only thing that went wrong, quote-unquote, during Super Bowl week last year is we sort of had to apologize, or we felt like we did a little bit for how cold it got on, like, Friday. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it gets you that apologize way here for the weather. You didn't. I mean, you don't determine the weather. You don't. Well, make no, I'm it. saying Minnesotans are sort of people pleasers in that okay. way. Like, oh, hope they like it here. Sorry hope they like that. it here so that we have another <laughs> the, Super Bowl but, here. But the, sometime. The, that was the best part. So the best part was it, it got done, and you know what? Things went really well. The best part was it gets done, and Phil and I had like the executive director on the day or two after the game, and she's talking about, yeah, it was fantastic, and everybody had a great time, and we're hoping to get, to get this what back in like eight years, and Phil and I are like, oh no, no, that's not happening. You will get a Super Bowl once a stadium, like, like the like next time you twenty five, like the next yeah. time the next time the Vikings say. We can't play in U.S. Bank it's Stadium. It's outdated. It's outdated. Yeah. You know, the Wi-Fi is not good. Tear it down. <laughs> we will get a Super Bowl. But it's not going to happen. No matter, we could have had the greatest event staff of all time. They ain't coming back in 10 years. I would like to see how people who, who aren't from cold climate areas would handle that. If the Super Bowl was here this week, I just like, I love watching people who don't know cold. Like dealing with extreme cold. I find it amusing. I'm, that's the sick side of me, but I find that seriously amusing. I can guarantee you there would be, if you had a group of super rich people who were going to come to the game and got their hands on the forecast, they just wouldn't come. Right. Like you you would have a bunch of people, because yeah. price, you know, to them, they don't care. They don't care. So they would look, okay, I'm paying whatever, $10,000 or something. And it's going to be what? Oh, 50 below. I uh, no, I'm staying in Florida. Yeah. What What's the what What is the coldest you guys have ever been in your lives? Do you, Jonathan? Too. Do you remember? Can you remember the coldest you've ever been, or the most scared you've been of cold? There was a Bears game I went to at Soldier Field, where we were sitting really high up, and Soldier Field is right off the lake. So the the wind is coming off the lake, and we were sitting so high up that it was able to actually get to us. If you're lower in the bowl. You're kind of protected. You're shielded from the wind. But we were high enough up and at one of the end zones where it actually peaks up a little bit higher than the rest of the stadium that it was coming right at us. And it would and it was like, I don't know if it was rain or it was like wet <laughs> snow falling oh. throughout the game, like the type of stuff that just soaks into your clothes. Lake effect. Right. So you would yeah. get wet and then it would freeze and then more of that stuff would come and then you would get wet and then it would freeze. And you're watching Jay Cutler and it's exactly. like the worst day and, of my and, life. No, hold on. It was the game Jay Cutler broke his thumb and was out for the rest of the season. So they won the game. Um, they won the game, but it was literally so cold that the the benches that you sit on, it was like it was one of the like the uh, it was you don't have actual seats in this portion of the stadium. It's benches. Yep. It was you could not sit on the bench. It was that cold. So in college, I played D three football. Played in quotation marks. I was the Eighth string wide receiver out of seven, as I like to say. I wasn't touching the field. You were a wide receiver? Yeah, that was about 50 pounds ago. I'm not saying I... I'm not saying <laughs> no, 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 I no, no, no. I'm right there with you. I'm, it was about no, 50 I'm not saying ago. I can't see you doing something athletic, but <laughs> I just can't see you being a wide receiver. That's Again, all. played in quotation marks. Wait, do we... Hold on. Before you tell the rest of the story, we might have stumbled upon the gold of the story <laughs> right away here. Do you have photo evidence or video evidence of you playing college football wide receiver that we can... It was D3, so I have, like, photos of me in the jersey. What's cool? Crown College out in St. Bonnie. Oh, yeah. What, what number were we you? We need some of these 80... things. Ooh, what number was I? 88? 80? I wanted 88 because Marvin Harrison, but the guy who had 88 <laughs> wouldn't give it to me. Okay, first of all, we need these photos. Okay, okay so if you well, can bring I still these photos the to the photos us. of Judd with a perm. Oh, I've got them. Are you guys as surprised as I am that he was a wide receiver of all things? I would have thought, well, I would have thought guard or something. I would have thought like maybe linebacker. 50 pounds ago, though. Fullback. No. You know what I mean? 50 pounds ago was about 180, so. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd, you'd be small and fast. Slot receiver? Like a little Wes Welker type? <laughs> Eight string out of seven, Rami. You're thinking too hard about white this. white guy thing. The Wes Welker. <laughs> so you're like Welker. You were really smart and ran good routes. 
I was just going to do that. Okay, okay so, so the coldest you've ever been. So we had a game up in North Dakota, and this was at a really small school that the surrounding of – so basically we had the locker room, which was their gym, and to get to the field you had to go through their their dorms, which was like basically trailers, and there was nothing between the field – other than these trailers and just miles and miles of cornfield. And it was like we had, I don't remember the exact temperature, but it was below zero for the entire game. You had winds just straight lining us the entire time. And I'm not touching the field, so I'm just sitting there. Oh. My hands didn't come outside my jersey because I just put them underneath my shoulder pads and just tucked them up under the entire time. Like, I wasn't stepping on the field, See, which that, sucked. That's the, the, the whole football thing, too, of like, what you do, I, the cold, yeah. the, being cold is a state of mind, right? It is like, on no, no, some no. level. Yeah. It is on some level. If you're playing, how is that? No, like what? You're, if you're not touching the field. Extremities. You're standing there, freezing for no reason. So, so if my if my fingers are numb, that's not a, that's not a state of mind. My I can't feel my hands. But the more you think about how cold you are, the more cold you're going to feel. But the, that's a but real I can't thing. Feel my fingers. Also, regardless. also, if you and this is going to sound crazy, but. I I watched a Navy SEAL who was talking about how cold affects your body and how you can how you can sort of negate or at least minimize the effects of the cold. And one of the things he said was, "Don't think about how cold you are, and two, make sure you breathe because we sometimes we get so cold that you you clench up and then your oxygen levels drop and you actually do get colder than you would be if you would breathe." So. Be mindful of your breathing. That's when you're also out a Navy SEAL. I feel yeah. like that's like Ted Williams saying, well, I mean, just watch the laces on the ball. You'll see which way it's breaking. Yeah, Ted, I... What type of person, though, what type of, what type of actual... How, how many of us can be in that freezing of cold and really be like, tuning it out? I'm fine. Oh no! You know I can't. I can't, I'd be hopeless. The one, actually, this is sort of the, the coldest I have ever been in my life was ice fishing one time in high school. It's the only time I've ever gone ice fishing. I'm pretty much eliminating myself from like being a Minnesotan with this. What I'm about to admit here, <laughs> me but, and you I've never both, been, man. So you're <laughs> but, fine. But I'm like we're out there and and there was no space heater. It was just literally just like a fo- a wooden phone booth and a hole in the ice, and we're in the middle of some lake in Buffalo, Minnesota, for three hours. I can't feel anything. I'm not having any fun. I'm not catching any fish. But we had some pistachios. But you didn't think side. about it. It's like, well, how do you not think about it? You're in a you're in a box, for God's sakes. So so we went to, the wife and I went to the Gopher Badger game. This was about five or six years back. And it was one of the first at TCF Bank Stadium November games where it was freezing cold. Was this the Dilly Bar game? No, the no, no. Coach this, was, the Dilly Bar? this was, was before, Ohio State. This was before. There's a Dilly Bar game? Yeah, like, Google Dilly yeah. Bar, Gophers Dilly Bar. Gophers Dilly Bar. They, it was an amazing, the, the ESPN or whoever was televising the game, they uh, they pan to the sidelines like front, but, but the from behind, the like guy Jerry like Kill. looks up to the camera. It looks like Jerry Kitt looks yeah, up to the camera and holds Kill. a dilly bar up. <laughs> I just saw it. So, <laughs> so we went, and I thought to, I thought to myself, damn it, when I was a kid, I used to go to Vikings games at the Met. I love the cold, you know, cold weather football back outside. Yeah. We got tickets. We got, we got a couple beers. My beer spilled and instantly froze, so it didn't spill. It just became like an it's icicle. Like slushed into your lap. We lasted, we lasted half the first quarter, and I said, we're leaving. I said, I, this I don't know. I can't do this. At like 42, I'm done with this. Yeah, we are. It, it is amazing that we have, in terms of, we're, we're, we're Minnesotans, and we're used to the cold, and we embrace the cold, right? And the first like five minutes of outdoor professional football a couple of years ago, I was like, nope, let's get back inside. <laughs> Nope, this that is Seahawks game, the playoff game, the yeah. Blair Walsh game, I have no idea how people survived that game. Well, hell, uh, Bud Grant walked out for the coin flip in a t-shirt. State of mind. Like all these security, the, the security of mind. The that's right. Like, thing. Dude, that's put right. a jacket on and Bud Grant's like, leave you. Rami, take your state of mind and shove it. When, when I played uh, football, and I never, I wasn't a wide receiver, not even at the D3 level, but when I played football, I was one of those, I'm not wearing sleeves guys. I'm not wearing. I don't care how cold it gets. I am not. <laughs> I'm not wearing sleeves. Jonathan shaking his head at you. As the guy who stood on the sideline, never moving from the <laughs> sideline, I always wore sleeves. But how does that help you? Can't you? Can't I, you? I'd rather be a little bit more comfortable. Well, first of all, if 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 the conditions are at all wet, you're going to be colder than you would be with sleeves because the sleeves are going to get wet, and then it's going to freeze, and then you're going to be even colder. 
so that's one. The other is I really do think that there is a mental edge. I played offensive and defensive line. I think there's a mental edge to a guy lining up across from you who looks at you in, you know, 13 below and you're not wearing sleeves and they go, man, this guy's a little crazy. This guy's a little bit crazy. I, I might not, I might not want to tag See, him. I would, I would get to the next level mentally very quickly and say, yeah, he wants me to think he's crazy, but I know he's cold. Uh, <laughs> cold and, <laughs> cold and completely off his rocker, but I'm not scared of him. He's just an idiot. Because what you listen to doesn't come from just one source. We offer Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Lots of it. Whenever you want it, wherever you are, even when you're mobile, on the move, remain grounded with access to the content that you're passionate about. Get it all here. Score North Minnesota Sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get into Judd and I were at Twins Fest this weekend. Uh, Rami has has moved his things into his apartment. He's off of the terrorist watch list. That's good. That's good. That's good. It's very exciting. Right. I'm not that Rami Makloff. Yep. If you're doing a Google search of me, not that one. Go scroll down a little bit. <laughs> Different dude. Maybe someday. But not yet. <laughs> maybe. If you were though, you you'd be so rich. You could walk away tomorrow and be like, I don't need your apartment. I don't need your exactly. job. Exactly. I would have just bought the building if I was that guy. Correct. Right. And fired the guy who gave you a hassle. <laughs> right. Exactly. Fired him? Yeah. Well, that yeah. guy might not fire the guy. <laughs> more than fire That guy might. Yeah. Yes, fire might be the right word, but squad might be included. Uh, I see there's a new Raised by Wolves episode that was just posted here with with Manny and Danny this afternoon. And Manny is hanging around. You've got a, a cold story, too. The coldest yeah. you've ever been. My, uh... The coldest experience I ever had in my life, my first radio job out of college, this was 11 years ago, Hockey Day, Minnesota. They played outdoors on the Rainy River in Baudette, Minnesota, Lake of the Woods County. And Rozo, I was covering Rozo High School Sports at the time. Rozo played Blaine in uh, one of the Hockey Day, Minnesota games, 35 below wind chill. That's aggressive. And I'm broadcasting this. I'm doing play-by-play on the radio in 35 below wind chill. Oh. And it was on it was on TV, uh, FSN. <laughs> and so sitting directly behind me was Anthony LaPanta and Kevin Gorg doing the game on TV as well. And it was it was miserable. Now literally were, the, were they sitting in some luxurious custom-built no. booth and you're sitting outside? No, or? Everybody was like outside and it was just like this long, like wooden bench, and they had, you know, they had outlets and everything for people to plug-in computers and things like that. But, yeah, 35 below wind chill. Every, um, during both intermissions, I actually left the uh, station vehicle running <laughs> the entire broadcast. And in between uh, periods, I would go and sit in there while they resurface the ice. Yeah, that's how left. cold it was. It I would have just left. <laughs> I was just saying, screw it. <laughs> was it worth it, Manny? Um, no. No. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean come for on, the sake of telling a story on radio, yeah, it was. Would but. you wait, Would you be where you are today, sitting in here with us, <laughs> if it wasn't for you putting in your dues doing that play-by-play game? I will say that I appreciate what I'm doing right now much more because <laughs> of that particular experience. Hockey day, baby. It's outside. That's all I know. It's fantastic. It was funny because Scott Oliver, who was the Rosa Boys hockey coach at the time, after every game, I'd do a post-game interview with him. And after this particular game on this Saturday afternoon, I actually was going to go over to Scott to tell him, I can't do an interview. It's too damn cold out. Like, we'll do something on Monday. And before I could even, I walked up to him, before I could even say anything, he said, no interview, Manny, no interview. I said, cool, I'll talk to you. I'll call you Monday. I'll call you Monday. You read my mind, coach. I'll call you Monday. That's awesome, man. Hey, since you're here, what can people find on the the recently posted Raised by Wolves episode today? Uh, Well, Danny and I, we talked about just how the Wolves are struggling right now just because of all the injuries in their backcourt and uh, they're shorthanded right now. So it's it's tough and they've been kind of up against it these last couple of games against Utah and, and uh, we got into some Anthony Davis trade speculation so it was, it was pretty fun little chatter for us. A little uh, reckless speculation mm-hmm. on Raised by Wolves. Cool. Alright Manny. Yep. Go uh, start your car. Warm that thing Stay up. Stay warm Manny. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we, we, we'll we get into at some point the Wolves and the, the Gophers with a big win last night. The Gophers have had just such a weird, get smoked by Illinois and then beat some ranked teams but you and I were at Twins Fest. Rami was on Touch Mall earlier today. Yeah. I feel like we all have baseball takes. 
I feel like we have baseball takes like brewing the last few days. I had a lot of fun. Well, it's always fun talking baseball with Derek Wetmore, but he's he's sort of an encyclopedia as far as the Twins go and has just has a photographic memory of everything that went on out at Twins Fest. But the thing, I wasn't able to go. I was moving and, and wasn't able to get out there, but I was trying to follow along with what, what fans and media were saying about what was coming out of Twins Fest. And I get the sense that there is a significant portion of this fan base who feels like the Twins organization realistically should be in on the Manny Machado, Bryce Harper sweepstakes, especially as they drag on and you would think that the the price is dropping the longer that these guys stay on the market. I don't know if that's true or not, but that just seems to be the the logic and the reasoning behind it, that the longer that these guys are out there, that means nobody's offering up what they want, so they must be dropping their price if they haven't Already, they must be dropping it soon, so why can't the Twins get in on it? And as sort of the new guy in town, the question occurred to me, is, 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 it, is it fair and reasonable to realistically expect an organization like the Twins in a market like the Twin Cities to be in on superstar free agents the likes of Manny Machado and Bryce Harper? So I've got a question off this whole thing about Twins Fest and Twins fans and expectations and what we're buying into as far as what fans think. And basically, I think we I think there's a chance after what what I saw in the three days of Twins Fest, I think there's a chance that we're buying into a small faction of of moaners and complainers compared to a fan base. So Saturday, noon to one, an hour, an hour, there was a roundtable up on the main stage. At Target Field, Jim Polad himself, Dave St. Peter, team president, Derek Falvey, CBO of the Twins. They sat up there for one hour taking questions. All right? A long time. A lot of questions. In that time, gentlemen, there was not one direct question to Jim Polad about payroll. Not one. Now, Levine replaced Falvey on a similar panel on Sunday. I, I was not there, but Derek tweeted it. And it sounds like there were a couple. The, but the point being is, and, and I talked about the, this. The next day they had a Q&A with just Thad replaced. It was the same thing. Yes. And I, I was there for that. And there was like four payroll questions. Okay. but my, So here's my here's my point. And I, I talked about this with uh, Patrick on Unchained today, which is going to air after our show at uh, 6 o'clock. <laughs> How much of what we perceive to be people actually complaining and calling the poll ads cheap and twins cheap it's a very small group of people on Twitter who like to basically go into a building and yell fire. And how much is really the fan base? And that doesn't mean that there's not apathy or frustration, because I think that that exists. Yeah. But I do wonder now, in retrospect, if we are getting wrapped up in a very small group of people who are bored, who don't have a lot to talk about or do, who decide, I'm going to go into a skyscraper, yell fire, walk out, and see what happens. I feel like we could maybe capture this because we can answer your question. Maybe we post a poll to the Score North Twitter account sometime here this hour at Score North, S-K-O-R North on Twitter. Maybe the question is just like, how much do you care about twins? How, how much do you care about what the twins spend on player salaries? I care a lot. I'm indifferent. I don't care at all. Just so we can have an answer, at least I just can't tell to follow us. Um, I don't know the answer. I think it's probably more people than that Q&A of zero questions represents. Yeah, I would think more than that, yes. And Thad's answer to it the next day was pretty, I mean, it was it, it was twofold. It, 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 the first part of the answer was, we feel like even if we went into the season with this payroll, and there's still two months to go before the season starts, like they signed Lance Lynn in March last year, so mm-hmm. they could still make some signings, but... He said it's probably a little bit skewed and that we've got so many players under team control in arbitration or coming to arbitration soon and then free agency that guys like Byron Buxton go from 1.75 to like 5 to like you could be looking at a 15 million dollar player in 3 years from now and you should clear runway for that for Miguel Sano and Eddie Rosario and Jorge Polanco and Jose Barrios like you need to clear some runway for these guys to start making Five, ten, fifteen million dollars, and Thad Levine was wide open, transparent about that. But then the other thing he said, which I think would create a little bit more of a philosophical debate, is we don't feel like now is the time to make a big splash free agent signing 
insert joke here about how the Twins never make a big splash free agent signing. I think these guys are different. They're just waiting for their time. He's saying you need to you need to know that you're the best team in the division if you're a team like us before you go after a Manny Machado. I actually disagree with that. I think like I I would sign a Manny Machado right now if the years and the price were fair, knowing that he's going to ride that wave with you as your young players emerge into your core that's going to win this division. See, I don't think you have the 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 wiggle room, the margin for error to spend that kind of money until you're ready to win. I, I think that the the Twins are right there. They're sort of in the middle, right on the brink of of being a team who can afford a player like a Manny Machado or a Bryce Harper, but only at the ex- they have to strike at the exact right time. I, I think you you only make a move like that. I don't think you have to be the best team in the division, but you only make a move like that when you're you're sitting there and you're going, okay, we have a hole. If we plug this guy in this hole, this puts us over the top. This makes us the best team in the division. This makes us a World Series contender. I don't think you can afford to spend what it would take to get a Machado or a Harper and while you're still waiting for other guys to develop and catch up to him. I don't think that's a luxury that you that you have in a market like like the Twin Cities and an organization like the Twins. I think it comes down to this. When you do that, you have to be right. Exactly. Because there's no going back. If you sign Machado... And three years in, decide, you know what? This guy is a super talented player, but he's really sort of a dog. You're done, right? It's a 10-year contract, eight years. So I don't, I guess I would disagree that that you don't have to sign the guy right as you're going to pop because he, he could actually be part of a process to pop with you. But you damn well have to make sure that he he's the right guy because then you're not going to go back three years after that and be like, oh, here's this guy too. So with a team like the Twins, you probably got one guy that you can sign to, to that type of contract. And you have to be convinced absolutely in your heart, no, this is the guy. Because once that's done, it's done. Mauer, the Mauer thing, same deal. You signed him, rightfully so, and you had to, to a massive contract. But guess what? There was no then going back and being like, well, you know, if we supplemented Joe with uh, Machado, that'd be fantastic. You couldn't do it. So I don't know if the right term is is that we're gonna that you're going to sign the guy as you're going to pop. I think the right term is is this definitely the right guy? Because unlike Boston, you can't be say, well, wrong on that one. Let's take a bite at this one now. Hey, just for fun here, reckless speculation. All right. So two part uh, question for the room here: Would you sign if if you had the you had the pole ad purse strings, all right? Mm-hmm. You can tug them however you want to. Right. Would you sign... I put a roof over Target Field. <laughs> sorry. I'm, it's a state sorry. of mind, man. I'm sorry. If you're cold, it's a state of mind. <laughs> can't play that's baseball B- in That's that. BS on your part. Yeah. Yeah, rain and being wet is also a state of mind. Yeah, okay? come on. So play tough ball. it, tough play it ball. out, Ronnie. <laughs> Fair enough. Snow in Fair October enough. during a playoff game, hypothetically, is a state of mind. Would you sign Machado or Harper or neither... And what's the most, that's part A, and then part B is what's the most you would feel comfortable going with term and and money? So how many years and how many dollars? I wouldn't do it. Either one. I, I, don't, I just don't think they're in a place to do it right now. Like I said, I, I don't think that you have the luxury of spending on these guys and waiting two or three years for Buxton, Sano, and the other guys coming up through the farm system to catch up to them. I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's something that, this particular organization can do. You can do that if you're if you're even the what the White Sox are are trying to do that. They're in on Machado and Harper, and yeah, they're the second fiddle in Chicago, but it's also Chicago. They they have that they have Chicago media money in terms of their TV and their radio contract and everything that goes along with it. So they they have that luxury of being able to do that. I don't think that the Twins do. All right. If I was going to be completely truthful and I, I w- was the twins, I would tell you both this. I am waiting for the 2020 strike to conclude. Wow. Because okay. contracts are going to be... Is that after the... What? I, think it's, no, I, I think it's 2020 and then, then it's up. So the strike, I believe, would, would start to occur in 2021. So you're going to wait two years. Yeah, because here's why. I think contracts are going to change at that point in time. And, and if we've learned a lesson in this town, and it, this comes, of course, in a... Uh, cap league, so it's different. But if we've learned a lesson in this town, I don't want to be left with the suitor and Parisi contracts. 
I don't want to have Machado sign for 10 years, and now it's down to eight years. I'm going to look to make moves with my young players and and potentially make my splash move post-2021 lockout or strike. So, all right. That's interesting. That's interesting because I, I don't disagree with your premise there. And I, I mean, I'm on the record saying if it's a five-year contract, I'll pay those dudes $40 million a year for the next five years because I know exactly what I'm getting. If it's a fi- I mean, that might five-year contract in my eyes might be worst case scenario because it's good. Even with the Manny Machado or a Bryce Harper, do you think they'll be able to compete in sooner than two or three years? Like legitimately compete? I think the Twins have a chance to actually. A, make the playoffs as a wildcard team this year. I do, too. I'm talking about World Series. When I say compete, I'm talking about World Series because you spend that type of money to win a World Series, not to win AL Central. You also need to fire a pitching bullet at some point, right? You're going to need to fire a trade-off or something. Uh, Not this year, but within the five-year window of one of those two guys, yes. But those guys, to judge point, those guys aren't signing for five years right now. They're signing for like probably seven or eight minimum. They they probably started off looking for ten. Yes. Teams are saying, no, how about seven? And someone's going to jump in eight years. It's going to be a $240 million contract over eight years, which is what I wrote down, actually. I wrote down that I would, I trust Machado as a player over the next eight years until he's 33 more than I trust Harper as a player because I don't know what position Harper plays. I don't think I, Harper feels like he's slowed down in the outfield. First base long term, right? But at, like, okay. at some point in time. But I know Machado is a. I know at worst he's a third baseman. I know he wants to play shortstop, but I know that I'm getting a. I'm getting one of the best defensive third basemen in the league, one of the top five or six. And he makes a lot of highlight type of plays at shortstop. But if you if you believe in metrics and and analytics and everything else, he is not a good shortstop. No, and it, and and so if you can convince him to move to third base and he gets to hold down that. How much risk is there other than him being maybe a behind-the-scenes cancerous type of dude who tries to step on opposing players' Achilles tendons at first base? Like, that's a problem. But in terms of age curve and how talented Manny Machado is as a player, there's not a lot of risk between age 25 and 33 that he's just going to drop off the planet barring an injury. So I actually think the risk on Machado is pretty low. I think Harper's going to be a good player, too, but does he just become a DH slash first baseman and, Probably. You, pay, and you paid for something different? Probably. Long-term, yes. So, But if but if we get, we talked about this when you were out on, I think it was Thursday. We actually did two hours of payroll on Thursday and just really? took phone calls. Yeah, it was great. It was, we, just, we just did payroll vent line. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, this whole notion of if you were to put a term cap of five years, all of a sudden now it's just the players are no longer deciding, all right, well, how long can we string this thing out, it's, all right, there's 10 teams that'll give you a five-year deal, and now it's just a matter of who's going to give you 40 versus 30. Because I would feel totally comfortable, like I said, giving either one of those players a five-year deal for $200 million. Let's go, baby. Just These are your prime years, 25 to 30. And by the time it's over, they're still in their prime, and the Twins have a chance to win a World Series. You're talking about 40 to $50 million a year, though. Correct. Yes. It's term, though. Term's the problem. These guys want 10 years. Right. Oh, yeah. Term is going to be the thing when when the CBA comes up. Term is going to be, I, I think, the biggest thing. And you got to bring it down. Would you rather pay? The, here's the question: Would you rather pay Manny Machado or Bryce Harper forty million dollars a year on a shorter term deal, but you, you're getting their twenty five to thirty year old sweet spot of a career window, or would you rather pay them thirty million dollars when they're in their mid thirties as part of a longer deal, but it's cheaper up front, but you might be stuck with. Albert Pujols, who's got like one working leg yeah, and no four years left on that. the contract. He's he's the guy that that ruined this, right? Yes, Albert Pujols. Yeah, he's the guy who yes. who ruined the long term contracts for everybody. Yeah, well, I would say the pitchers Angel, did the too, Angels though. ruined it for him, but yes. pitchers did too, though. Pitchers are the biggest problem because they go to market saying eight years. No, you're that's ridiculous. I'm not going to. Your arm is likely going to f- fall off within the next four years, right? I'll I'll pay you a ton for three years, but I'm not paying you eight years. That's ridiculous. I think pitching pitching it would, would be the one thing that if I'm going to sign a potential ace, I have in today's market and climate, I have no interest in giving you what your agent wants right now. Now three years, absolutely. All in. Five years, perhaps. More than five years, no way. No way. Now, the poll results are as follows here. How much do you care about what the Twins spend on player salary? Let's see here. 51% say they care a little. Spend it smart. 27% say 
care about it a lot, spend it all, and 22% don't care. Meh. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. That's not a bad so, start. So 27% yeah, say they care a lot. Sense. That's a that's a pretty large percentage of, I think there's, what is there, two and a half million people in this market, and yep. most of them are, well, that's two and a half million humans in this market. So let's say half of them are Twins fans, and a third of them care about care a lot about how much the Twins spend on players. I think those I think those results are skewed a little bit, though, because, and we talked about this on Touch Em All today, the nature of social media is somewhat negative, right? <laughs> Whereas the nature of something like Twins Fest, where people hand over their money, get in the car, and drive through eight below and a snowstorm to get to Target Field, where they're still going to be cold <laughs> just because they love the Twins that much, that's inherently positive. So you have the opposite ends of the spectrum there. I don't think either one is a true measure of how Twins fans feel about this club and, and the way that they're going about business right yeah. now. It does, though, give you access for that day to the guy that every but everyone's up in arms about, right? right? Like it gives you the, it's not, you don't have to be confrontational. But to go an hour without one question about something that people talk about constantly surprised me a lot. It's also really hard if you think about this. You've, you're a fan and you're mad about payroll, let's say, and you're at Twins Fest. And in your mind, on the drive over, you've rehearsed, you know that the Q&A is at noon. <laughs> and you've rehearsed that question a hundred times. Jim, you're a billionaire. Why don't you spend some of that money on Manny Machado? Jim, you're a billionaire. Why don't you spend, like you, you say it over and over. But when you're actually sitting in front of him in that spot? There were pointed questions, probably, though. There were pointed questions. An old gal was very upset. What were some of the pointed she questions? She was very upset. Well, so, someone was upset about the fact that Escobar was not brought back and was traded. Uh, there, there was a question about the fact that, that they get to the deadline and trade their most popular players. There was there were complaints. I was shocked that one person didn't say Machado and Harper are out there. Why don't you sign one of them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the question is obvious. Okay, what's if you if you stretch for those guys who aren't thirty? They're different than the Pujols thing is different because Pujols was thirty when he became a free agent, and these guys are twenty five because they came up when they were nineteen years old. So at least you're buying more of their prime years. Right. What's the worst thing that can happen if you were to spend? Three hundred million or two hundred fifty million dollars over a large chunk of the next decade on one of those guys, and I would argue, even though I'm, I'm definitely, I see the Twins' point of view here, and I'm mostly on the people need to stop complaining about payroll bandwagon. The downside of these guys signing an eight or a ten year deal is is far lower, or it's just less risk than the thirty year old Albert Pujols or any pitcher, quite frankly, because pitchers. Half of them have Tommy John surgery on a like, five-year cycle. I would never give a pitcher more than four years. Yeah. Agreed. Ever. Unless you're ready to win a World Series right now, and you just don't care about the the back end of the contract. True. Right? Yeah. Like the U Darvish signing last year by the Cubs. They knew that three of those years, and they weren't counting on year one of it to so be that. six now? But they knew, that three, <laughs> okay. they knew that three of those years, they probably wouldn't get their money's worth. So what happens if, if the Cubs don't come along on you and the Twins get him right now. And we're sitting here with a guy coming off surgery, a terrible year. Are people saying, yeah, but that was great because they spent? Like, what's the stance then? Because the Twins, we know for a fact, aggressively pursued this guy. Right. And they tried very hard and wanted to get him. So if we're if we're having the conversation that we're having right now, but the context is they got him and he's been hurt and you don't know is because I think fans would come back and say, spend again. Yeah. And that's my point about the bullet got fired then. The bullet, you can't put that one back in, in the chamber and be like, well, it's fine. We'll try again. There's only X amount of times that you can go to the people who own the team and be like, let's try that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And, and then there's also this, this kind of back and forth of, all right, well, are you spending 20 or 30 million or even five or 10 million, depending on, like Kevin Correa was a $5 million pitcher. Are you spending multiple millions of dollars on something you just you could get for five hundred thousand dollars in house and then spend that money somewhere else? When the Twins signed Kevin Correa, two years, ten million dollars, and that dude had a ten year track record of being one of the most garbage pitchers in the National League, couldn't strike anybody out, couldn't get he couldn't get the Padres lineup out for God's sakes. Why are you why are you going to all of a sudden get American League lineups out right? And that was that was the case for him. So th- so my gripe then was you're spending. $5 million a year on something you could just call up for $500,000 from your AAA affiliate. Right. Yeah. Anybody could come up and do that. Yes. Yeah. So in the case of you, Darvish, 
what you would be saying before the injury is, okay, we're going to pay 20 or $30 million for something that we can't just get internally or that's not just under team control. And through bad luck and just the game of Russian roulette with pitcher's arms, he's under the gun. Tommy John surgery, was it, for the second time I think it was in something a else. five-year period? But yeah. But I think, I, yeah, I th- hopefully people acknowledge the Twins did make a, a strong push for him, not a nine-figure push. And that's the exact reason why they hesitate on as a mid-market team because that arm can blow out at any given time. And it did. Yeah. But, so. And like I said, you expect three years of that contract to not be worth the money. They just didn't expect year one of that to be one of those three years. Correct. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. We're a bunch of ball guys. So if you ever want to, even in the middle of January, when it's going to be 50 below wind chill here in a couple of days, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk baseball. 651-646-8255. You can find the all-new Score North on 1500 and all of our on-demand content and written content on scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R north.com. And at Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We were on Twitch the last couple uh, couple live streams, too. We Twitch, was ex- Twitch? Twitch was exciting. Twitch? I didn't yeah. even know about Twitch. I still don't know about Twitch. I'm just kidding. I don't know about Twitch. Unless it's you know, something that happens after too many beers. <laughs> you know all about that kind of Twitch. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North 1500. ScoreNorth.com. Follow us on all the social media platforms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We made it easy for you at Score, S K O R North, and uh, find some fine writing, videos, all sorts of social media content there. Um, in a couple of days, we'll be doing uh, some, 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 some fun stuff. Golf show, yeah. Is that what you were going to bring up? Or no, gonna, I was oh. going to bring up the. Uh, <laughs> The crazy, oh, the, the the strip club, oh, that that wait, too. What? The crazy Anthony Davis trades that we're going to be pitching in a couple of days at ScoreNorth.com because he informed the New Orleans Pelicans today that he won't sign a contract extension and wants out of New Orleans. His agent, Rich Paul, telling the Pelicans, <laughs> Rich Paul, he wants to go somewhere where they can win Warm? a championship out west, maybe, uh, maybe with another Rich Paul client, maybe. All I know is if I'm a professional athlete, I want my agent's name to be Rich. <laughs> I'm in good hands. Yeah. Paul Rich, Rich Paul, you don't really care. Just needs to be in there somewhere. Could be his middle name, or it's it's funny that LeBron James owns that agency. By the that way, that is like, weird, isn't that? Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't know. The best part about it is, did did you guys see that this afternoon the Pelicans have now released a statement acknowledging the trade demand? And at the end, the statement says something along the lines of, we are in discussions with the NBA office to make sure that like the tampering guidelines are followed by the rest of the league. Wait, the, Pel- the Pelicans are The Pelicans did. Yeah. Hey, guys, it, it doesn't matter for you anymore. <laughs> How? It doesn't matter. That train has left the station. No matter what, like <laughs> right. the only like maybe the Lakers don't get him because of tampering, but you don't get to keep him because of tampering. He's leaving in a few months. Well, they don't want LeBron to talk about it, which is just hysterical. How genius is this league, though? This league has become, in a good sense, the ultimate reality show in sports. You guys tell me because and and we're not talking about guys being in trouble, arrested, none of that. But you guys tell me. When was the last time that off the court in this league, things were quiet? Everybody was happy. Nobody was bickering. I go back to the start of this year and Butler. Since Butler, we've had that, which took months to play out. Uh, Durant, Draymond, which played out over about three weeks or so. We've now got this. There is always drama. This this league is a teenager's dream. Constant drama. (laughs) But it's brilliant. It's brilliant because people aren't in trouble. It's constant bickering and whining and fighting and back and forth. What goes on off the floor in this league is arguably, I think, more exciting and compelling than games. And the games are probably more compelling than they've been. Just and Some people prefer the Smash Mouth 90 style of 80, 81 points and you, uh, and you win a game basketball, but... Yeah, they've 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 locked into something and Major League Baseball could take some notes. I don't know how you create it if you're baseball cuz a lot of this is sort of organic, right? It's LeBron James moving to different franchises and the Golden State Warriors have created this dynasty and you've got teams trying to chase them and you know, if if baseball could manufacture some villains and some players if it was, you know, if 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 
Bryce Harper was on a team, for instance, it might help create some. <laughs> How about like Mike story. Trout? Like we never talk about Mike Trout. He's if a he superstar. Came out and told the Angels he wants to go somewhere he can win a championship through his agent, Rich Paul. Yes, <laughs> I like that. I would. You know what? As a baseball fan, at this point, I would welcome that. Or he wants to go to the Lakers. Maybe. Mike Trout wants to go play with LeBron <laughs> or the Yankees. He wants to go play with that. Play with Stanton and the Yankees. But anything. I, I I I get what you guys are saying about the drama and 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 it keeping people engaged and interested, etc. But. The whole LeBron angle of this thing just rubs me completely the wrong way. Like you said, Rich Paul is his agent. LeBron owns that agency, essentially. How is it legal for LeBron to take Anthony Davis out for dinner when the Pelicans are playing the Lakers? They go way back. They're friends. And then, what was it, a day, two days later, his agent from this agency that LeBron owns is calling the Pelicans and saying, we want to trade somewhere where we can win? I mean, how I know that David Stern basically instilled the rule before he exited as commissioner that there is no such thing as players tampering. That's that's not that's not it's not a rule. It's not it's not something that exists. Players essentially are allowed to say what they want to who they want about where they want to play, who they want to play with, who they want to come play with them. And I get why he did that, but the landscape has changed. LeBron is an agent. LeBron is essentially an NBA agent, or you might even say a GM, who's orchestrating moves and 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 basically asking guys to come and play with them while they're already under contract for another team. But any player can do it. So the the the, 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 the any player can do what LeBron James is doing. I mean, hell, Carl Anthony Towns, if you wanted to, I'm not saying that Anthony Davis would say yes, but Carl Anthony Towns could say, hey. Let's recreate that Twin Towers thing. It didn't work so well with Boogie Cousins, and that was kind of a... But I want to take you out to dinner, Anthony, and tell you how we've got something brewing here in the Twin Cities and why it's going to be amazing for us to partner together. But it's just it's laughable because it's the Timberwolves and it's, you know, and it's Carl Anthony Towns. 18 below here. And it's, yes, and it's it's cold here. I think it's fun. I get what you're saying. that It's definitely fishy. It's There's a lot of conflicts of interest that intertwine. But the fact that the fact that players can have these conversations and bounce around, I find it to be compelling, and I actually think that it makes the league entirely more watchable and interesting and uh, villainous in some ways, too. At least some of the teams more villainous. And I like having villains in sports because you get to root against them. I root for LeBron, though, by the way, just so you know. As an old guy, you're right. Rami, you are right. It's BS, okay? I totally get that. But I'm talking about this on a plane of right. your sport being relevant, talked about, and embraced by by the key demo, which is let's say eighteen to thirty two in two thousand nineteen. It's the perfect sport. Like everything they're doing, it might be fishy, it might be wrong. I really don't care. It's compelling. The NBA has found a way, short of becoming wrestling. It has found a way to keep storylines going, not just, okay, here's one, here's one. Almost constantly, you have a storyline. So I'm talking about this as a sports fan. You know, Judd likes this. I'm saying I look at this and say it's pretty damn brilliant. So here's, the, and, and I guess another, another point in favor of why this is awesome is if there was no chatter at all about Anthony, if it was just, well, Anthony Davis is once again on a crappy team. He's basically the the KG of this era from right. 20 years ago. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's kind of a middle to small market. And his front office has done a horrible job putting teammates around him. They got a teammate around him one time. They went to the playoffs. It didn't work. I mean, that's what happened with KG. But the if the, if the alternative was... Okay, well, LeBron's going to be over here on kind of a mediocre team and and be injured for part of the season, and Anthony Davis is going to be over here on this team, and there's just no speculation, and there's no buzz and no chatter, and it's just dormant. That's what baseball has. Baseball has Mike Trout. He's just a great player on a mediocre team. Right, he becomes almost forgotten. Yeah, and then like Manny Machado's over here, and he's a great player on a really crappy team. And I know he's not like, signed, but like, wouldn't it be awesome if Manny, if there was rumors that, oh man, Manny Machado and Mike Trout are going to team up and they're going to bring Los Angeles back to the, you know, the Angels back to the promised land. So I, 
I love the reckless speculation nature of it all. I, I do wish the Timberwolves played a larger role in this all, but they don't. So I don't, I don't mind players recruiting and players, you know, orchestrate. Like I didn't, I didn't have a problem with with the, what they when uh, LeBron, Bosh, and and Wade teamed up to go to Miami. That was three guys who knew each other, who all hit free agency at the same time and said, "We want to play together. Let's make this happen." I think. I, Look, that's their right in America. You get to choose when and where you work if you're not under contract and if people want your services and who wouldn't want to work with their best friends. That rubs a lot of people the wrong way with what they did. That didn't bother me at all. The only thing about this LeBron-Anthony Davis thing that irks me is LeBron, he owns an agency. To me, that changes the whole landscape of this thing. He's, I mean, that's that's more string-pulling than than we've ever seen in professional sports, or why, at least at least to my recollection. Why are you allowed to have an ownership stake in an agency that represents NBA players? I don't like, know. Why is that even LeBron, basically, that's why. <laughs> Isn't that? I mean, it's amazing. I feel like LeBron late in his career is just seeing what he can what he can get away. Absolutely. With. <laughs> like, but what, do you blame him? Like, what are you gonna do, man? I'm, I do you am, blame him? Though? I am the association. Yeah. You, try and stop me. Exactly. And if you're him, really, if if you know that the only thing you're going to be judged on at the end of the day is how many championships do you have? People are going to hammer you if you don't get five or six championships like MJ had and like Magic and Kobe. So if you're him, what's the downside? Okay, so someone slaps me on the back of the hand and I, okay, well, we can't but get into Davis, but he might as well shoot his shot. If, if you are the league, though, do you privately say, we got to find a way to stop this? Or do you say, we're absolutely thrilled? Oh, they're thrilled by it. Exactly. They want, the league wants Anthony Davis right, so, to go to the Lakers. So are, are they Lakers gonna, so are they really going to step in and say, LeBron, you can't do this? No. And LeBron's going to say, buzz off. And then the league's going to be like, oh, that's LeBron. We can't do much about it. Something else here, too. I'm not ripping John Krasinski because he's a wonderful reporter. I'm just pointing out his two tweets from this morning in mm-hmm. which he's, you know, he, I think it was Johnny K. It was. It okay. was. I know the one you're talking about. So he yeah. reminded everyone that the hey the the Pelicans the Wolves had engaged with the Pelicans during the Jimmy Butler saga, but not in regards to Anthony Davis. It's about if the Wolves can get the scraps involved in maybe being a third team between the Lakers. I love how that's how that's the role that the Wolves always have to be in in these situations. Like oh man, here's superstars being bandied about and in trade rumors and maybe the Wolves can sneak in and get their backup point guard in yeah salary cap evening move pick up the scraps after the main course of Anthony Davis yeah. is served up they, they got the that guy sit, they're like you got anything left <laughs> <laughs> they got him wow we're somebody here in Minnesota <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. Um, I see that uh, a couple, is this two different dudes named Jeff wanting to talk? Yeah. Quince Baseball? Cool. Coincidentally enough, two different dudes named Jeff. We're going to get to... It'd be uh, weird if it was the same guy on two different lines. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts. Dude. I got Landline, calls. cell phone, speakerphone. <laughs> so uh, Jeff and Jeff will definitely get to your twins slash payroll slash free agency related questions. And we can open up lines too if you guys want to chime in. 651-646-8255. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and at Score North on every social media platform you can imagine, including Twitch, where I was wrong, it's six followers. Wow. So, if somehow... Racking up those numbers. If you are an AM radio listener and also somehow have a Twitch account... Please find us on Twitch. And That's make what we us, call a long shot, Phil. You know the double Venn, digits. You know the Venn diagrams that were hot on Twitter. Those those two do not cross I'm over. I'm 78. Those two love, definitely are not in the same. Yeah, absolutely same bracket not. There. I'm 78 and I love Twitch. No, I know a lot of people do listen on demand, and <laughs> we think that those Venn diagrams probably blend closer together. We're listen, not talking about your condition, Judd. We're listen, talking about- listen, sonny boy, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm on Twitch.